Stanford the tree is useless. It's a tree. Wow. It's a tree. It's useless. I don't like Stanford the tree. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leland McRae is with me, as always. And let's start. I, you know, we're recording this right after the Virginia Tech game, but we won't start there. We'll start with the <laughs> NFL. Uh, Patriots-Rams. Uh, I called it before the season started. I was right. And in case you're wondering, spoiler alert, the Patriots are going to win because I hate them. And that's the only reason they're going to win. Negative Joe was right uh should listen to negative joe it's also known as realistic joe and he was right in this instance super bowl 36 rematch that was the 2002 super bowl where the patriots won that was the beginning of this current patriots run not that there's been another patriots run of any kind but this is the tom brady belichick start uh started with this matchup they were the st louis rams then and uh, a lot of people were Patriots fans that year. That was the year yeah. the Super Bowl following the 9-11. Right. And for good reason, people were uh, had been patriotic and uh, and picked up on that. So they were rooting for the Patriots that year. Well, and they then, were uh, new. Yeah, and there was a cool halftime. I think, was it like Bono? And they had all the names of the um, people that had passed away mm-hmm. in the um, in 9-11. So it was, it was a... It was a, a cele- celebration of America that year, um, you know, in reaction to the bad things that happened. So let's get let's move past that and move on to the sports. But uh, a lot of people have jumped off that Patriots bandwagon since then. And uh, I don't believe I was even on it then. I think that was one of the years I was really not rooting for anybody. But this year I'm going to pull for the Rams because I am anti-Patriots because they beat my Steelers too many times. They beat. I was a Peyton Manning fan. I, they beat him too many times, so I'm clearly against the Patriots. And so I'll be rooting for the Rams and that uh, McVay coach who's very good, who the Redskins should have fired Gruden for and kept him. But I'm hoping he wins his first Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I was okay with the Patriots. They weren't a dominant team when they started that run. Uh, and the Rams were a dominant team, so I was for the underdog. But to this one... I'm I'm well off uh, for a lot of reasons. One, the Patriots are the dominant team. Two, uh, they've been involved in some cheating. Uh, three, they're the New England Patriots, and they're from Boston. And I was a little kid, so I didn't know what Boston teams were like and what their fans were <laughs> like. Now I'm older. I can see. Um, I understand. And I just don't like the Patriots. Um, but, look, they won that game against the Chiefs. That was... I was surprised it was as close as it was. I kind of thought the Patriots were going to run away with that. So it started out that way. Yeah. It, it, yeah. At the end of the first quarter, I was like, huh? But I was ready for a projection from you. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't project, <laughs> though. Both of these games, I was on the verge of making projections. And then the other team did what they had to do because I'm, you know, I wait. I don't try to rush the, to judgment. I wait. I wait until I realize it's over. Um and, you know, both of those games went into overtime, which is crazy. Uh, again, Casey killed themselves. I mean, just too many mistakes to let that game go into overtime. The one bad call was the Phantom roughing the passer, which was horrible. Um, and Gene Serratore was completely wrong about that. He goes, well, in the in defense of the official, it's a tough angle. I'm like, okay, well, if it's a tough angle, don't throw the flag if you're not sure. His head yeah. didn't even move. 
Yeah. It, if you it think if Tom happen, Brady would have taken a forearm to the head, his head wouldn't have moved? Please. That guy flops all the time. Yeah, I, it was ridiculous. That really upset me in the moment. But the but the thing that really got him, the mistake that really got him, is that the guy line up off sides. Oh he just was God. a yard off sides. <laughs> and people were trying to make it out that it wasn't that much. I mean, he was clearly off sides. And to be clearly Did off sides. Did he not have to... eyes? Because there's no way he was looking down at the ball and going, oh, yeah, I'm behind that. Yeah. So that's what killed him. They could have had a turnover from that, would have sealed the game. They don't get it. I was really impressed, really impressed. I know Mahomes didn't have the greatest first half, but he stood in there, fought through the second half, and had an incredible second half. That fourth quarter was crazy. I was getting ready to text you, hey, yeah, you were saying it was going to be over 30 points each team. Well, then all of a sudden, all the scoring happened in the fourth quarter, and, yeah. and you became right, and the over happened. But two minutes and three seconds left in the game, Brady gets the ball, and as everybody in America said, well, that's too much time, Brady will score. He did, but then Mahomes in like 40 seconds. I couldn't believe seconds, that. That was awesome. That was. And great. I got news for you. I know there's people that are probably might be at home thinking, uh, well, the Chiefs should have gone for the end zone there. False. I, when they did the one play, I, I was fully shot. expecting Patrick Mahomes to get sacked on that play. I was freaking out. I was like, God, please throw it away. And yeah, when he did, I was like, with, please just kick the field goal now because nothing good is yeah. going to happen. I respect them taking the one shot. They kicked the field goal at the right time. That, no doubt about it. And they, unfortunately, they, they lost the toss and they couldn't get a third and 10 stop which was yeah. unreal. And people have been debating the overtime rules today because of both games. Uh, the other game, both teams had the ball, but uh, because both teams, both games went to overtime, everybody's really focused on the overtime rules. And I know you've had a lot to say, but it, the rules are what they are. So your defense has got to yeah. know, you just yeah. got to stop the touchdown and Kansas city didn't do that. So they lost. That's what it is. Yeah. I I'd still would like to see more of a college type overtime, but uh, the first game, the overtime wasn't what was wrong with that game. And this game, yeah. the as you said, the rules are what they are right now, and the Chiefs didn't yeah. get a stop. They had uh, three, three or four third and tens that drive. Couldn't get a stop. I would not mind an NFL overtime that kicks the ball off to start overtime. I would not both, kick the ball off. Both teams have to possess the ball. I'd be fine with that. So if you go a quick three and out, you're giving up field position. That's... That's one thing. I, I think if both teams possess the ball, I don't know how much, what more you could want. I don't, I don't like the arbitrary just starting the ball yep, at a, a 35 or a 40 and or even a 50. I, I like kicking the ball off, so at least there's strategy involved kicking off and just getting a quick stop or what. I, I don't know. I, I, it I like the nice arbitrary and I like untimed overtimes. I Timing the overtime is a problem for me. Yeah, but in in last night last night's situation, both team it was going until someone won, and it was I think they were explaining it because I'm actually wasn't as sure about that. Um, they play it four quarters, or they play quarters until because there'd be a quarter break after 15 minutes or whatever. Uh, I didn't really realize that is what they were doing now. So, let's move on to the other game, which was also a great game, the Rams uh, Saints no. game. I think that's if it's tied still. Well, yeah, if it's tied still. Like if, but if, if the someone... Patriots got a field goal but took 12 minutes of the clock and the Chiefs just run out of time, then they lose. Well, yeah. Okay, that's why I liked untimed overtimes. If if okay. each team's going to quote-unquote have the ball at the same amount of times, then let each team have the ball at the same amount of times. Okay. But let's move on to the other game. 
<laughs> the, the story of that game is the blown call or lack thereof by the officials at the end of the game. Clear pass interference. Clear targeting. I mean, yeah, clear, like I, maybe the law needs to get involved because it was pretty rough looking play. But the referees, nobody calls it. I, I, I just don't understand. I've, I watch so much football, and the flag comes out for pass interference for looking at the receiver the wrong way, or when you're watching the second game and the and your arm goes in front of Tom Brady's mask and you get a flag there. But this was an absolute destruction and no flag. And it's just unbelievable that happened. They, if they get that penalty, the game is over because yeah. they kick a closer field goal than what they and did. And they run the kick. clock out. And it's just, it's crazy. It's just crazy. There's no way to fix it. I know today the headline is they're going to re- review if they can review pass interference. I I don't know if they get to that. Pass interference how- isn't the part that I think you can you should review in that instance. Although, whatever. Um, the targeting. Targeting is reviewable in college every play. Even when they don't call it on the field, they go back and review it. That could have been yeah. called. That could have changed the game. That would have changed the game. The Saints go to the Super Bowl. Um, look, it was a bad call. Uh, watching it live, I was like, that was early. I could tell oh, yeah, watching no it doubt. live super early. So the official about, that it happens right in front of, I can't understand how he couldn't figure that out. That's the about the only part of the game I did get to see. I watched the last five minutes of that game and then the overtime. And yeah, it was, I mean, I was just getting in and it, watching the TV and doing a couple things. And it was, I think I was walking across a room when it happened. And I was like, that's obviously past interference. Wait a minute, where are the flags? I mean, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. Now, the Saints weren't doing anything to help themselves there. They were throwing on first and second down, but it doesn't matter. If you keep bringing that up, it doesn't matter. Call the penalty, the game's going to be over. And so that's all that it matters, but there's no way to fix it. Rams did what they had to do. They got the turnover in overtime. They go down and kick a field goal to win it. I mean, they have a lot of stars. I think that's a team that's really built to be maybe the next thing. I just keep looking at it today and they've been, they've built up to this point. They've not come out of nowhere. I think, I think at the beginning of this year, I really thought they weren't anything yet, but this is two years of really getting it going. I think the way they're built, the pieces they have, I think their coach is really good. I think they could be the next, not necessarily dynasty, but a team that's just contending for a long period of time. They play in a maybe, division that maybe. allows for it. That's not going to challenge that in the next two uh, or three years. Seattle's pretty good. Okay, but Arizona is perpetually awful, and I don't. I don't know. I, maybe San Francisco is going to jump up, but still, I think LA's built well. See, I, I, I watched that right entire well. game, and the entire time, even when the Rams won the game on a Greg Zerline kick that would have been good from you know eighty yards away or whatever. I mean, he booted the <laughs> hell out of that thing. But uh, I. The even when that kick went through, I was like, the better team lost today. The Saints were the better team. Yeah, I'm not saying the Saints probably aren't better. I think they're, they're uh, the better. Pa- the Rams have no chance against the Patriots. Let me go ahead and say that zero. Did we say this last year? Cue the Vince that McMahon. The music. Eagles didn't have a chance. Cue the Vince McMahon music. No chance in hell. <laughs> well, Joe said it, so that means it's going to be right because he's been perfect on these Super Bowl picks. Everything in between here, the playoffs. Wasn't that good for you, except these Super Bowl teams, but the rest of them. Yeah, but I had the most important game. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) What I want to say is I was really impressed with Mahomes as I hit that. But 
if the Rams don't watch video from the last two weeks and realize that maybe they should put some pressure on Tom Brady, then they don't deserve to even play the second half of this Super Bowl. They have to get to Tom Brady early, get in his face, knock him down, get a sack here and there, but they have to put pressure on him because letting Tom Brady pick you apart is just playing into his hand, and he's shown that the last two weeks. Yeah, no, I agree. You got to get pressure on him. I don't think they will. And I got news for you. Littleton better join Witsack because uh, that guy got absolutely abused by Drew Brees, and Tom Brady has got to be watching that going, this is going to be so much fun when I totally torch this Rams defense. Okay, Leland, let's move this thing on to the local scene with high school basketball in a district that has already been decided. East Rockingham is going to win the district. It's over. They're going to go undefeated. They're going to win out and run the table in the regular season. They're going to smash everyone in the tournament. And then they're going to go to the region tournament where they'll probably smash everybody until they get to Central. Uh, And then we'll see what happens. But... Uh, I went to Wilson already leave Friday night. Uh, Wilson did not start out the best. They fell behind uh, and took them a while to get going. In fact, there was a point where I was worried Wilson might not score uh, in the game because they just could not hit a shot. But they eventually got it together. End of the second quarter, going into the locker room, they had the lead. And then in the second half, they just pulled away. Matt Poole and LaGrua both had huge nights, uh, ending in double figures. I think Welch was in double figures as well for them. I was. It was the first time I had seen Ari Lee this year, and Ari Lee is definitely not as good as they have been. But they're not a bad I team. Mean, um, yeah, they've been a really yeah, good. You team, lost two. So, yeah. You lost two D one players the last two years. I mean, you're going to have a bit of a drop off. There's still and a some good other team. really good players. Yeah, I mean, yeah. other players that are college. Right, athletes. right, right. Yeah. Um, Battles. Battle had a good night. I was really impressed with his play, and Arian Brown ended up heating up in the second half. But I think for Ari Lee. Uh, even with Arian Brown ended up with 15, Battle had 18 in the game. It, it, there was a large part of that game where it was basically Javon Battle, and he was the only scorer on the floor. And it was like mm-hmm. seven nothing Lee, and he had all seven points. And I was like, man, neither one of these teams outside of this kid is doing anything. I would be really worried. Um, like I said, Wilson ended up heating up and winning the game. Uh, that ended early due to some shenanigans in the stands. Um, yeah. But, you know. When adults don't act like adults, that's what happens. So, and those were in the stands. Just to clarify that, it, uh, well, there was shenanigans on the yeah. floor as well. The technically what happened on the floor ended the game, but it but was the adults sparked, were in the stands. Not it was the sparked on by the adults in the stands. Yes. So, I want to say I'm happy for um, Hartman getting the win at Lee. Yeah. He has the history there. Um, it has to. It's just a monkey, a potential monkey on his back that he gets to avoid. Um, because he, he could have to battle that for years. I mean, there's plenty of teams in the Valley District. You know, like Broadway didn't get a win at Robert E. Lee like ever or for like 30 years until like last year or something. So it's one of those things that could just be off out of the way for Hartman. He doesn't have to worry about getting a win at Lee, the place he has history with. So I'm glad that he got that win. They split the season series. Both teams win on each other's courts. Um, and it looks like a matchup you could potentially see in the tournament again because they're pretty strong teams. You will. Mm-hmm. So that will be interesting, especially when you do talk about a little bit of the shenanigans. Hopefully that gets under control, but it'll probably be a pretty heated contest nonetheless. So that'll be fun. Hopefully fun. Hopefully it stays fun. But, um, hey, uh, it's a big win for Wilson. And, you know, I was 
Wilson was the team that Patrick Height came on here and kind of said he he thought they were kind of that second team in the Shenandoah district, kind of acknowledging East Rock early was going to uh, have the advantage. And I didn't think Wilson was living up to that when they lost the first time to Lee. But since then, they've had a lot of success. They've I think they've won like five of their last six or something Seven like that. Seven of their last eight, actually. Yeah, so since really, Christmas. Very, very good. Since Christmas, so, and their only losses to East Rock. So. Yeah, so there you go. So, you know, those early struggles that wrapped up the year, uh, the new year has been good for them. So that's good. I'm happy for them. Uh, Lee, it's, you know, they have some more losses than they're used to having these last couple of years. But, you know, I think they're getting battle tested. And they're a team, a lot of these players have been around a lot of winning. It's just one of those teams you wouldn't be surprised knocks off somebody, maybe from the north, in the region tournament if they're able to get that far or something. You just wouldn't rule that out with how much winning that they've done, uh, the experience those kids have been through, or they don't. But <laughs> you could just see that scenario happening with how much winning they have done. You see it happen at higher levels all the time. I think for Arielle, they just need to be patient. This is a young team this year. So you just got to be patient. Take the growing pains this year. If you finish above 500, it's a pretty good year. Um, because Page County is better than they used to be. Riverhead, Stewart's Draft are good this year. Uh, and Wilson is the second best team. And East Rock is dynamite. And they will be dynamite. The good news, East Rock won't be a problem next year in the district play. They're going to be in the bull run. And that'll be a bull run problem. But It'll be a region problem, but yeah. Yeah. But in, in terms of district play, you will be yeah. back to a team that could contend for a district championship next year. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, Wilson going to roll in a team that you would just put at the top of the Shenandoah district. They're going to be middle of the road. Sure. Yeah. Wilson has draft and Riverhead still on the schedule, too. So those are going to be two big games. Uh, Riverheads is Tuesday night, actually. Uh, and that's going to be a big game. But I think, you know, I, I, I've seen Wilson. I've seen Riverheads. I think Wilson is the better team. Um, but we'll see. Uh, they're going to play the game. I, it's going to be a good game. <laughs> good. I'm glad they will. It's going to be a good game, but I think I would give the edge to Wilson right now. Wouldn't be shocked if Riverheads won, but I would give the edge to Wilson. The other big Tuesday night matchup is the Gap draft game. Gap, you know, they have seven wins on the year, and that's seven more than they had like the last two years or maybe six more, but basically seven more. So good for them. Um, we'll see how that matchup happens. Draft, Not though. Well. With the firepower going up and down, will Gap be able to keep up with that? Nope. I wouldn't project so. No, three ridiculous is going to go off. They're going to have a big night. <laughs> Other good games this week. Later in the week is the Gap Riverheads uh, backyard brawl on Thursday night. Also on Thursday, another good rivalry game. Uh, the non-district now rivalry game, Lehigh and Waynesboro. That should be, be a good game. Should be a good one there. And then Saturday, the Rock the Ribbon, the Saturday version of the Rock the Ribbon finally gets going. And uh, Riverheads moves around in the schedule. They play at 11.30 in the morning against Luray. They moved that Friday game to Saturday and are going to play it down there. And then Lehigh still takes on Martinsville at 5.30. Uh, I know you're going to be on the radio call for that one. Yeah, Lee Martinsville should. I'm interested. I'm, I'm going to have to do some more looking at Martinsville as the week unfolds here and look and see what they're doing. Um, I would be a little worried if Lee can't string it together. Uh They've they've had a rough last couple weeks. It's been an up and down roller coaster for them. Uh, I would not like the momentum that they have going into that game. Uh, Riverheads is going to stomp Lorraine, so that's not even going to be a game. One thing I do want to say while we're talking about high school basketball and in the best news, the news that actually matters, uh, Terrell Mickens had his uh, his baby, yeah, uh, healthy healthy baby. 
uh, over the weekend. So we congratulate him on that. I He's a, one of the guys I want to get on this podcast at some point. I'm just waiting for the right time. Uh, and it's probably going to be after this season. Yeah. But um, he's uh, congratulations to him on real life stuff and, and good, good life stuff. Mm-hmm. And everybody's healthy and happy, it looks like. So congratulations to him from the Exports podcast. Yeah, very much. Congratulations to Coach Mickens. Moving over to wrestling just for a minute to kind of update. We talked a lot about the news leader tournament last week. It got cut away because of weather. It got moved from the weekend and then it went during the week and uh, they got the Tuesday night in, but the Thursday night couldn't get uh, wrestled. Uh, They couldn't get on the mats. So uh, it got cut right there. So uh, the news leader tournament kind of goes without an, uh, an official end, I guess. Uh, But Riverhead's hosting a quad this week. Uh, Wilson will be at Riverheads along with Clark and Stonewall. Wilson and Riverheads, two really good wrestling programs in the area. That'd be a good one to go see. Clark brings a lot of good wrestlers too. Um, So uh, an interesting wrestling event there. As it gets closer to the end of the season, once we get into February, that gets into, you know, wrestling goes to the postseason tournaments first. It always seems like those are getting done before the basketball tournament. So as soon as February hits, get ready for a lot of – building to those state finals that a lot of those kids want to be involved in. Yeah, it should be an interesting close of the season. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, the weather cutting that news leader tournament short, but you know, that's the world we live in. So it is. I, and maybe this is the right time to say it. They're just so quick now to cancel activities. I remember back in my day when I walked uphill two ways to school, uh, you know, I remember many times coming out of high school basketball games with two inches of snow on the ground. And I remember driving to the high school like on weekends for practices and this and that. They just shut stuff down in this county now without even like with the bad forecast. They're shutting it down. I mean, this weekend, Saturday, there were no athletic events for any school. And all it did was rain. And I I just think you should maybe see a snowflake before you start canceling stuff is is really where I'm getting at. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with them cutting it short during the week because let me driving over the mountain. It was rough. Um it may not have accumulated on the ground, but while you're driving, it's very hard to see. So I didn't necessarily have a problem with that. Uh, the weekend, yeah, the weekend was classic. It's in the forecast, so let's shut it down. And then, oh yeah, Thursday, happens. I'm not really arguing as much. I, I I am not arguing Thursday. Thursday night was slick. I I'm I'm actually not arguing, but the weekend one is what got on my yeah, got yeah. on my nerves. And I know there was a lot of wrestling and a lot of different activities. Um, it it also hit the little league basketball. That's why it, it really affected my house. So, but uh, that's that's what's up there. I just it's just strange to me that it's changed this much. But I guess it's keeping everybody safe. But man, it just. When it when all it does is rain, that's tough. <laughs> so are child locks on my Tide Pods, and I don't agree with that. But <laughs> that's because of Gronk. Um, let's move on to NCAA basketball. Uh, that's the reason we were uh, we're recording when we are tonight. Uh, mm. We are following the Virginia Tech UNC basketball game. I was really hoping we would lead with uh, NCAA basketball, but. By halftime, I think we knew that that wasn't going to be the case because as Virginia Tech started out strong, the first 10 minutes went really well for them because they were shooting lights out. Nothing went right after that. All they did was turn the ball over. All they did was foul people, turn the ball over. And then UNC did get a little hot shooting of their own. UNC beats Tech by 20. And last week when you said Tech's ranked too high at nine, and I said I want to see someone else ranked around them first, well, this was that, and we got beat by 20. We're not a top 20 team. We're not, we're not a top 10 team, uh, and yeah, we're going to drop on down the rankings, deservedly so, but hopefully we can rebound, learn from this. I I want a decent seed in the 
excuse me, in the ACC tournament, we're going to have to beat some good teams to do that. Nope. Uh, and I'm hoping that's Syracuse starting Saturday. We're fifth or sixth best team in the ACC. Yeah, I was hoping to be a couple spots higher than that. So I'm hoping. Uh, and that's start- a maybe. If Syracuse beats us, which is now the realm of possibility, we could be six or seven. Yeah, we could be six or seven. So uh, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, after the UVA game, I said, okay, we're not a top 10 team. After tonight, we're not a top 20 team. I'm not sure if we're a top 25 team. I mean, I'm sorry. You mm-hmm. don't give up a 20-0 run. You just can't. I know your two best players are in foul trouble, but you cannot give up a 20-0 run. And then even when your two best players come in, you don't even make a dent, and it gets worse. I think they gave up 100 points tonight. Uh, we started recording before the game went final. because Yeah, it went 100. We, okay, well, yeah, they gave up 100. Then, I'm sorry, that's not good. It's not. It's not. It's not acceptable. It's not. Yeah, and I thought we were decent at defense this year, and that's really falling apart. Nope. So, it's disappointing, but... I think Buzzy, I have, I'm, I'm the, oh, always yeah, the I mean, look, I, I, Buzzy can get him going. And Buzz gets a little more leeway than, you know, a guy like Fuente, but in my opinion, but you know, this just, this <laughs> last two weeks have been reality checks. Like we're not a top four team in the ACC. We're not a top 10. We're not a top 20 team in the country. Uh, and I, I just, I don't know. I don't even know if we're a top 25 team right now, based on what I've seen, you have to be able to win on the road. And our only road conference win, we didn't even look that convincing. We should have lost that game. If Georgia Tech could have gotten a shot off in the last minute, we'd probably lose that game. We're missing a, a, a bigger presence down low. I'm not even going to say a big guy, but just somebody that can help on the boards. We're missing Chris Clark. I mean, that's what we're missing. And it's not like I know he's in trouble and he's not going to play. That's that's fine. I just we're missing that kind of role of player. I wish we had that because I think it would make some differences at different points. Do we beat UNC? Do we beat UVA? Probably not. Not especially not the way both of those teams had shooting spells during those games. But I would like that if we're going to beat a Syracuse or a Louisville um, or NC State, those type of teams, I think that would would could probably make a difference. I'm hoping we find a way without them. The new rankings came out. Um, everybody around here last week was a lot. You know, they beat Virginia Tech last week, which looked like a better win then. Everybody thought they were going to go beat Duke because Duke was shorthanded. UVA gets beat, so UVA is not number one. They thought they were going to be number one in both polls. They kind of stick around. They're at three in the AP. Um, Tennessee is now number one, and that's a team that I kind of watched. I think it was last week I was watching them. They are pretty good. Uh, Michigan was another good team. They also lost this week. Uh, They went down to fifth. So Tennessee one, Duke two, uh, UVA three, Gonzaga four, Michigan five and Michigan State six. So a a pretty solid top six there. Um, I've seen, I think, all those teams play this year. That's a good group, and you'd have to think the national champion is probably coming out of that group. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State's really good. I haven't seen Michigan yet. Tennessee is really good. Duke's good. UVA's good. Um, And Gonzaga's going to not play anybody in the regular season, so they're going to be fine. Oh, yeah, they'll make it. But they're good. But, yeah, they'll have a nice high seed. They'll be a top yeah, but they're good. one or two seed, and they're good. They beat, they beat Duke earlier this season. Um, yeah, they're a good team. Uh, we have more uh, NCAA basketball to talk about, and, yeah, we're going to go ahead and talk about that in the next segment. Stick with us here on the Exports Podcast. All right, back with the Yak Sports Podcast with more NCAA basketball talk because that's been the big talk around the area. And, you know, Virginia Tech played UVA last week, so we've been focused on UVA. But 
a tweet from Seth Davis about UVA got you all kinds of fired up Saturday night. You were so fired up. You wouldn't even let me like respond to the tweet before you started arguing with me. You just assumed somehow I was as bad as Seth Davis, which that's a pretty bad cut down, but you were just ready to go. I mean, I didn't realize it. It was, it was close to midnight and you sent me this tweet and I was like, all right, initial comment. And then all of a sudden you're like firing all over me. It's like easy, buddy. <laughs> I kind of had to stop what I was doing to argue with you or not argue with you. Honestly, pile on with you. Read the tweet that got you so fired up from CBS Seth Davis. And I quote, in last five years, UVA has made five straight NCAAs, two sweet 16s and an elite eight. By any standard, Tony is as good as any coach in America. He may be the best. If you pick one game to define him, you are trolling or not smart. There is no other option. Well, Seth Davis isn't smart, but they let him on TV every day. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, my response that got cut quickly was, I mean, he's good. And, and let's just open this conversation with Tony Bennett's a good basketball coach. We're not going to argue that he's not some kind of good basketball coach. But the levels that Seth Davis just threw out there are just Nonsensical. What a low bar to be maybe the best coach in the country. I mean, I mean good Lord. we admit, I mean, just initially talking, we named six coaches that were better than him. That's just the obvious six coaches are better than him. And these are the coaches that are, it's just undebatable. Coach K, Roy Williams, Tom Izzo, John Calipari, Jim Beheim, and Jay Wright. Jay yeah. Wright is no doubt a better coach than them. He's won two national championships in the last short period of time. Three years? Yeah. Something like that? Three final so fours in six straight appearances, all better than Tony Bennett. So that is six coaches that are better than him. And then we have a list of probably eight more that we can make probably arguments that he's in debate with that probably at least half of them are better than him. So while Tony, while Tony Bennett's a good coach, he is not – maybe the greatest. He's not one of the greatest. I don't know how you no. define one of the greatest. If you're not in the top five, then you're not one of them in this, on um, this kind of argument. So what is he saying? Yeah, exactly. That's my point. It, it's just like, and it's a lot like the UVA fans around here. They just have to defend him because of his bad tournament resume and his ability to not make final fours. They're just like, well, that doesn't mean he's not a good coach. I'm like, that's fine. He is a good coach. You're right. He is a good coach. He's not a great coach. He's not one of the, he's not maybe the best active coach. And I tell you what, and you have on here, lucky not in Rick Pitino and Brad Stevens, Brad Stevens, much better coach. Oh yeah. Uh, Rick he Pitino, just went to the NBA. That's why Rick he's not Pitino, if he got hired by a college tomorrow would be a better coach. Uh, and some of these ones that you have here, Mark few Gonzaga way better. He does it at a place named Gonzaga, which I don't know how you get kids to go play basketball there, but better. Uh, John Beeline, two Final Fours, better. Uh, I'll leave the one for you that you came up with because you're Greg exactly Marshall. right. Greg Marshall yeah. is the one I, I threw at you that night quickly. He's at Wichita State. He is, I mean, not even the best school in his state, and it's it's Wichita State. Like, I, don't, I mean, what state is Wichita State? Like, it, he wins there. He has seven straight tournament appearances and a Final Four. Tony Bennett doesn't have that. He doesn't have as many straight final or as many straight tournament appearances. He doesn't have any final fours. The list goes on. Bob Huggins, Sean Miller, Shaka Smart, Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes. Yeah, Rick Barnes now one of six coaches to get a two teams to a number one ranking at two different schools. 
Uh, and yeah, a similar run from 0102 to 0506, similar run, but he went to a final four and he made it to an elite on top of that and two sweet 16s. And every coach I just mentioned either has more straight tournament appearances or a final four or a combination of the two. So all of those definitely have a resume that you can argue against Tony Bennett. Let's look at Tony Bennett's resume. The only acceptable year in my mind that he's had was a year that he was a one seed and a year that he did get upset in the tournament, but he lost to Michigan State in a close game, so I'll give it to him. A Sweet 16 loss to Michigan State, a storied program by two points. Okay, that's not embarrassing, but then to get handled by Michigan State again, a little bit of a, uh, a somewhat close game, but get handled by him a week in earlier the second round. Mm-hmm. in the second round the next year, and then you get upset by number 10 seed Syracuse in the Elite Eight. So that's the furthest you've made it is the Elite Eight, and you get upset by a team that upset two teams to get there. You're playing a 10 seed. You should be playing a two seed in the Sweet 16. You're playing a 10 seed, and you got beat by Syracuse. You lose to Florida in the second round on a down year. You were a five seed. You lose to Florida. Okay, but come on. you got to get some wins in the tournament to get you to a Final Four if we're going to call you one of the best coaches. Is he a rising coach? Sure. Could he end up being a great coach? Sure. He's not there yet, and he's not close enough to put him in that category with the six names that we open this up with. Yeah, again, Coach K, Roy Williams, Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo, by the way, owns you. Uh, John Calipari, Jim Beheim, Jay Wright. All these coaches are better than you. And I know what fans are going to say. Well, we beat Roy Williams, Coach K, and, and Jim Beheim last year. Cool story. What happened when you got in the tournament? And I, I can hear the UVA fans now. Well, the tournament doesn't necessarily crown the best team. It's just all about matchups. Well, you know what uh, Shaka Smart managed to do at VCU? Get to a Final Four. You know what Greg Marshall did at Wichita State? Got to a Final Four. You've had four chances in the last five years as a top two seed in your region and not been able to get there. They did it as double-digit seeds. I'm sorry. I'm going to check you at the door with your best coach ever. Grow up. Get objective. What did I say coming in after tonight's game? Virginia Tech's not a top 20 team. I'm objective about it. UVA fans want to laugh at Virginia Tech for you know being overrated. You're right. That we are overrated, but I'm going to be objective about it. Now, when I say Tony Bennett's not the best coach, they're going to start saying, well, that's just because you don't like his brand of basketball. You don't get it. You're not smart enough. No, you're not smart enough to realize you have to go to a Final Four to be a great coach. You know what, though? That, are we going to say argue- Marv Levy is the best coach in the NFL when he was there? He went to four straight Super Bowls. He didn't win any of them. Is he the best coach in NFL history? No, he's not. He didn't win one. Yeah, he, the the 49ers were better than him before that time. The Cowboys, the Cowboys were better than were him better. during that time. The I mean, the but Dallas none of those teams went to four. No, no team has been to four straight Super Bowls other than Marv Levy's Bills. Are we going to say Marv Levy's the best coach of all time? No. You know why? Because it's a dumb argument. I do. That and so is your argument would. for thinking Tony Bennett's the best coach. Seth Davis, stop trolling intelligent people so we named all these coaches i also throw in thad mata and bo ryan two big 10 coaches that are again lucky they're not on the list because they would have them beat out too i mean it's it's a lot of people that you can easily name in front of tony bennett joe what's the difference between everybody i named on that list and tony bennett they didn't lose a, a 16 seed named umbc none of those people have ever lost to a 16 seed And I know what they're going to say. Well, we didn't have our best player. Cool story. 
you lost by 20 points to a 16 seed. I thought UVA's system that I was so unintelligent for not understanding was built on team play. And even that unintelligent comment for UVA, you know who's intelligent enough to realize that that system doesn't straight work is Tony Bennett. He's modif- He's like tried to get yeah. some more scoring in there. He's realized that you can't win like that. And they're he better realized- this year. Yeah, they're scoring more points this year. He realized it. So don't throw that argument at, at us UVA haters that we don't understand the system and we just we can't handle it. No, your coach realizes it. He has more scoring on the court. They realize they got to score 80 points to beat the Hokies. And 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 we're not a standard. We're bad. We're not good. We proved that. We're a football school. <laughs> we yeah. are a football school. And like even if our basketball team turns it around and does great this year, that's not going to change. And UVA, you're a better basketball program than us. But don't just I don't know. Just just wake up to this that you don't have to just prop your coach up more than what he is. Enjoy what you have. Keep on winning. And maybe also don't defend yourself too much. Just shut up and win some. Instead of every single win you get being the the program-defining win, when you beat Louisville by 30 points, that's some kind of program-definer. No, the only game that happened last year was the one that ended your season. And the only one that's going to define your season this year is your last game this season. If it's a win, then then you're going to be right. But when it's a loss, if it's, it's a loss and it's not no the excuses. final four, don't want to hear it. If you don't make the final four again, please don't tell me about how great you are. I agree. I agree. I, and, and the other night, I mean, you jumped all over. You were ready for this argument. We should have started probably recording the other night because you were ready to go. But yeah, it's just, and I know all our UVA, we know Jeff, Jeff, Wright. He's just going to tweet at segment. us and he's going to be mad. And you know, Ron will <laughs> tweet at us and be mad. I think that's actually how I saw this tweet. Oh, did I call him Ron? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Great. I'm glad you did. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Rob, I think liked this tweet is why it got, got me started. You don't started. follow Seth Davis. I don't follow Seth do Davis because he's an idiot. I. Yeah. No, Rob liked the tweet because apparently we're just trolls. Well, whatever, dude. Trolls has got a movie out. Apparently, kids love it. So, you know, we'll be trolls. Trolls to the realistic basketball analysts. And Seth Davis can be on Narnia 5, a.k.a. Delusionland, where UVA is the best team ever and Tony Bennett is maybe the best coach uh, active. And Coach K, Jim Boeheim, John Calipari, Roy Williams, all those guys just retired today, apparently. So congrats, Tony Bennett. Uh, All the greatest coaches just retired. Uh, no one in the history of basketball is going to be around. So that's awesome. Good for you. Uh, that's that's what is funny about this tweet is he tweets it after a game. It was before the best co- it was right before the Duke game. So what was he talking about being one game like defining one UMBC defined by one game? He's still talking about UMBC. That's the thing. UVA fans are always. Is this what Virginia Tech fans are going to talk about forever? Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, until someone else loses to a 16 seed. I'll still talk about it. I'm not going to <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Maybe the rest of the country will start forgetting. I won't. Let's get out of here. All right. We are here in the D block for Yak Sports. And you know what? We had some interaction on social media. And when we have interaction on social media, we always ask for it. So when we get it, we're going to... Give a shout out to Jeff Wright, who we did blast a little bit during our UVA talk. But he <laughs> this let is us to make know, up for it, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, he let us know that Dick Emberg, if you're still listening, Dick Emberg was his 
one of his favorite announcers. And he's right. Uh, Dick Emberg was a good announcer. Great announcer, no doubt. And, uh, you know, it's one that doesn't come to mind because he hasn't been on for some years now. And, and probably the highlight of his career was probably just a touch before us. I mean, he was on his way out probably as we were starting to pay attention to who announcers were. So, um, but Dick Emberg, very good. Called a lot of great stuff. Uh, NBC had a lot of um, good stuff. I know when I watched him. Um, so yeah, good, good announcer. Thank you for bringing him up, Jeff. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about announcers last week and then this weekend, I think it got a really hot talk about announcers because everybody was, it seemed like a lot of people hadn't watched Tony Romo before, uh, doing his announcing. And, and I'll be honest, I didn't like him as a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. I wasn't a big fan of him. I made a lot of jokes about him. I'll still make jokes about him playing quarterback. He came on to be an announcer and, and immediately I wasn't all about it. It didn't take me long to realize he was awesome. He does a really good job. He knows what's happening on that field better than I think any other color analysts have have portrayed. I'm not saying he does no more. I'm not saying he he knows the game better than every single person that's ever sat in that chair. But he gets it out of his mouth, and he says it at the right time, and he knows the play that's coming. He knows what the checkdowns are going to do. And there's a there's a four or five minute stretch, to, and they said exactly this phrase on Tony's podcast today, where there's four or five minutes where he just was nailing every single play and knew what was happening before it was happening, and completely predicted each play down the stretch of that Kansas City ball game last night, and it was impressive. And so it got 50 million viewers. So a lot, some it added some people that hadn't seen it. He does a great job. My text group from Hokie fans, a lot of them Redskins fans, they were making fun of him. And I was like, and I actually said, honestly, I like him. I like the guy. I think he does a good job in the booth. I think he's meant to do this. And I hope he does it for a long time because I think he calls a good game. Once in a while, he gets a little more excited than you'd expect somebody out of that seat, especially on CBS at that level. But he's into it. And I honestly, I'd rather have a little extra energy than I would lack of energy. So I thought Tony Romo does great and I'm looking forward to Super Bowl and listen to him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you why I disagree. Um, yes, he's really good at predicting plays. And I think each year he's removed from the league, he gets worse at that. So that shtick's going to wear down to the point he where it, he's darn not good, good last it. night. Yeah. Okay. He's what? Two years out of the league. I, I three years I out of the league. He was he was perfect at it last night, so I'm not sure the descent was is. Ongoing. It's gonna happen, but don't worry. Um, <laughs> it, the other thing is his excitement and his odd noises that he makes. I don't love, uh, and he does it to the. <laughs> so you point, don't like when I do that either. <laughs> well, he does it to the point where he bleeds over. So, and this is you know a little broadcasting 101. In Hold terms on, of football, in terms of football. The play-by-play guy calls it from when they break the huddle to the whistle to the end of the play. Then the color guy has from the end of the whistle to when they break the huddle. Tony Romo does not care. Tony Romo will talk all the way up until they snap the ball. Sometimes while they're while the play is going on, uh, while the play is going on, he'll talk, and it's just really frustrating. Um, from from that standpoint, I feel for Jim Nance, who is an absolute professional. And look, I didn't like. Uh, Phil Sims, because Phil Sims was very anti-Raven, in my opinion, uh, to the point where there were times where I was wondering if he was watching the same game because he was being so negative. But uh, Tony Romo is better about that. I don't think Tony Romo goes in with any biases against people. 
He's very but, pro quarterback. He's he is very yeah. pro quarterback, and that got brought up in my group. But like I just yeah, he was very pro Tom Brady last night. But he's very pro Mahomes too in the second half when Mahomes was playing well. And I've I've listened to Tony Romo enough games that yeah, he does tend to focus on the quarterback and be very positive about good quarterback play. But so was John Gruden. A lot of people liked him. I, I I think it's fine. It's the it's the center of the field when you're watching a football game. It's who everybody that watching knows who the quarterbacks are. I mean, everybody that tunes in the game, that's the first person that they're learning because that's the name that gets said over and over. So I don't mind him being pro quarterback. And as long as he's not just all over one quarterback and if the other quarterback's playing good, he's he's not saying good things about it. But he's not like that. He He's all about good football, good play, good decision. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not against him being pro quarterback. The one thing that he said that I thought was really, really dumb was the flea flicker that ended up not working. But he said, well, good job by Tom Brady not to throw it to Edelman because he was in double coverage. That would have been a pick. I was like, okay, good job for doing your job and reading a defense. Uh, Cool. What a low bar we have set for Tom Brady, who is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Good job not throwing it a double coverage. I gave Tony Romo a good attaboy. I I think he's good. I enjoy watching him. Um, But... All the talk today about him being, needing to be a head coach. No, no Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> wrong. Uh, Tony Romo should not be on a sideline anywhere. Nope. I Stay like Troy. I still like Troy Aikman better. Troy does a good job too. I, I like that they're different. I like how different they are. I I don't mind the back to back game because it is two different crews running it. Um, I I that's a good point. Troy Aikman does a very good job well as well. In well. What is dominating your life, Joe? The old SNL skit that Will Ferrell did popped up in my Facebook feed um, <laughs> where he's being a Little League dad. And after what I saw this weekend, pretty <laughs> hit close to home. Uh, but it was funny. Uh, it still is funny and uh, not family friendly. But um, it's funny if you're watching it and you don't have little kids around that you're worried about scarring. We'll post the link. It's pretty funny. It is good. Uh, being a Little League uh, basketball coach right now, uh, I guess I worry for things like that. Oh, man. If that happens at your age group and girls <laughs> like basketball, is it it's just girls basketball, right? Or is it co-ed? <laughs> well, let's watch our phrasing here. It's it's not just girls. No, no, no. Basketball. I'm saying but just girls are playing. It's not like <laughs> a mix of boys. <laughs> yes, yes. That's what I mean. I don't mean it like it's just girls basketball. I meant it like there's it's not mixed with boys and girls. No, it's little girls. Uh, and it's uh, I have seven little girls in my team. We played seven little girls on the other team uh, this weekend. Yeah. And uh, that's that's the league. And that's fun. There's three teams in What's our league. We get to play some draft teams, too. Yeah. If I encounter any parent even coming close to what Will Ferrell does there uh, in that skit. Uh, yeah, there'll be a major problem. But it is hilarious, and I think we all, at some point, were around Little League um, or even high school sports and witnessed parents being terrible. So I think you what's saw the some age? Friday. What's the age group there that you're coaching? So, uh, kindergarten to second. Okay, yeah. No we need don't for that. We don't score, so that helps. No me. need for that. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> the parents are. <laughs> Which I wish we kept a score. In all, in all honesty, I wish we kept a score. But, yeah, yeah. It, it is helpful in these first two games that the score wasn't kept. Let's just leave it at that. What's dominating my life? Uh, That lunar eclipse that happened last night, it was a super blood wolf moon. I don't know what all that means. I know it was a moon. I know it was an eclipse. Did you see it? I know know it turned red. Yeah, we we watched it. 
Uh, we actually kept the girls up. Uh, actually, they were all up, but the uh, the boy just does his own hours. But uh, the young ladies stayed awake, and they got to see some of it. They got to see it go away, and then they went to bed. So it was pretty late. It was like a New Year's type of deal. Um, they enjoyed it. We were really big on the eclipse, what, a year and a half ago, um, the solar eclipse. So it, this was fun to see this, too. We get these a little more often. The next one is May 26th a good date uh, in 2021. So um, that's the next one, but it won't be a super blood wolf moon. It'll just be a lunar eclipse. So it just takes yeah, out. I mean, that's gosh. one if thing. It's not astrology, the super blood wolf. What are we doing here? <laughs> it's one thing that astrology really has is, man, they name things well. I mean, you get some really good names when you're talking about space stuff. I mean, because, I mean, it's a bunch of fire and explosions and, they have good names. So yeah, my that's mom being a, a science teacher loved it. She was posting about it and she asked me, she's like, did you stay up and watch it? I was like, no mom, it was freezing cold outside and I had to be at work. Well, okay. With the girls, we were inside. We could see it out of the window. Uh, and then it, when it got up just a little too high, we did go out and just peek out the door. We didn't have the little girls out in zero degree temperature in the middle of the yard or anything. I was not getting attacked by a super blood wolf. I was not, <laughs> no, that was not going to happen while I was watching the lunar eclipse, mom. That's how people, Turn into werewolves, I'm pretty sure. What do you know that I need to know? Well, Leland, what I know that you need to know is Liverpool's going to be in trouble with that back line. They've got too many injuries. We're still top of the league by four points, which gives us a two-game cushion. But I'm telling you, they play Crystal Palace, who's not that good of a team, and they needed every second. It was a 4-3 thriller. You would have actually loved the game. It was a lot of goals. But the back line with all the injuries that have piled up have really started to concern me. I, I just I worry that the one team of mine that I thought could actually win a championship this year won't do it. And it'll just be another bad year of sports. And I won't be able to, I don't know. So soccer from an ocean away is is not going the way you want it? Yeah. And I mean, it's tough. Uh we have the weekend off thank goodness little winter break for the guys so hopefully they rest up and we can get some guys healthy here soon because they're going to need that that again the back four has just been horrendous uh the last couple weeks i haven't enjoyed what i've seen out of it i am looking forward to the spring when high school soccer gets going and we can talk about all our high school teams with that lead team see what they can do get maybe make an undefeated run for a good ways again um, but I just can't, I'm just not into the European soccer. You don't even you watch start, it though. Like you can't even, you don't I've even tried. give it a try. I haven't tried recently, but I've tried. If you watch the game this Saturday, the crystal palace, Liverpool I game, you would have loved it. it. It was four yeah. to three. It was a high scoring game. You would have loved it. I hated I, I, it. I was freaking out, but it I was watched a good the game. world cup soccer when they're good games. I love those. So I'm not saying, but it's, I'm just, I'm only, there these are better teams years. though. Okay. I mean, I've tried in the past. I just couldn't get into it. But I also don't understand these leagues. Like your team, your same team lost in one league and won in another league. Yeah, you there's multiple the competitions going on at the understand same it. time. Yeah. I just don't understand that. So I guess I need to – I have to understand the logistics of something for me to, to really like it. We'll sit down. We'll do it sometime. Sounds good. I will wrap us up with what I know that you need to know. And I sent you this on Twitter, and I will post it for everybody. And again – it's not family friendly, so don't watch it around your young children. <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> Pacquiao and Bronner fought this past weekend. Bronner wasn't too happy in how it got judged. He thought he uh, performed a lot better than the visual evidence <laughs> would the give videos, you. Yes, yeah. 
So when Jim Gray starts to interview, and that's Jim Gray, the same guy that was sitting beside LeBron when he made his decision. And Jim Gray has not always been sitting in the best seats. This time he's sitting in a fine seat. He's interviewing a boxer, which always amazes me that they interview these guys right after they just punch the heck out of each other and are in, they get, they're mad at each other. I mean, it's an emotional experience out there. I mean, the, what they have to do to themselves mentally to take on that kind of abuse. And then they start talking to them right after. And you, I mean, there has been some great, I love post-fight interviews, yeah. And especially when they're uh, talking to the loser. And this guy was the loser, and he showed he was a loser in more ways than one in the post-fight interview where he was acting like he should have won, which was crazy. And then he was talking about everybody being against him, which was crazy. And then he basically told Jim Gray that he, if he fought him seven times, that he would be 7-0. and And as... To highlight the interview, Jim Gray, Jim Gray says, well, that wouldn't mean much, and this interview is over. You have to watch the clip. It is spectacular. Mm-hmm. It really made me laugh, and it's made me laugh even again watching it after that. So it it was so perfect. It It, it was. It was very funny. Um, I don't watch boxing. The only boxing match I've ever watched was Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. Uh, and it's like just ever? because... Yes, because like, I just like, don't. Even in the '90s, like when you were a kid, you didn't watch any. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? When was I was a kid, my then. mom wouldn't let me watch it. My mom hates that I watch fights, the UFC fights, which I watched some of this weekend after the Duke UVA game before it went to ESPN Plus. Conor McGregor and UFC, uh, I like that. Uh, that's actual fighting. If I'm going to watch a fight, I want to watch a fight. Boxing is almost more dancing these days than fighting. Anyway. The boxing's now is not good. I agree. But the good thing about boxing is what it was in the 90s and before. And then also any movie about boxing, not any movie, but it's really easy oh, yeah, to make a good movie fights. centered around boxing. Yeah, because they're actual fights and they're not. Oh, yeah. And the, I love No one the will Creed. make a movie about Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, it would be the most lo- boring movie. I loved the Creed movie. I thought it was great. Michael B. Jordan, which I like him for Friday Night Lights anyway. I have not seen Creed 2 yet, but I'm looking forward to when I do. But uh, yeah, the they or you know they script the boxing and the uh, action there, and it's usually just fast paced, going, 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 and it's it's fun to watch in a movie. Uh, also, Cinderella Man, really underrated movie, boxing movie, really good movie. But um, yeah, boxing now is no good. We try to watch it every once in a while. You know, some of those Friday Night Fights or something. Uh, a try once in a while get a fight that's interesting just because like one guy will be really fast or something but overall it's it's not appointment viewing by any means nope let's get out of here we'll be back next week we will preview more Super Bowl next week as we will be getting into Super Bowl week we'll have more co- high school basketball to talk about uh, we're going to get into our debate on when the Super Bowl should be played and all those debates that happen around that um It should not be a national holiday the day after the Super Bowl. But uh, subscribe, follow, tell your friends about us. We're talking Augusta County sports every week. And uh, we're also talking about the big sports stories that happen around the uh, the nation. Interact with us on Twitter like Jeff Wright does, like Rob or Ron, as he goes by by some people. Stenzel's, uh, you know, interact with us like they do and others. Um, And we look forward to talking to you on there. We look forward to talking to you again next week. And uh, we'll be back with more of your Augusta County sports next week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.